Welcome to the New Life Podcast on the Stream Grace Network. Hello and welcome to another edition of the New Life Podcast. I'm your host, John Yule, and uh, this podcast is proudly sponsored by New Life Church, and we encourage you to check us out online at newlifeokc.org, and we are proud to be a part of the Stream Grace Network. And if you would like to hear more podcasts uh, on ranging topics, um, check us out at streamgrace.com. I have with me today two of my best friends. Uh, First one is my father. How are you doing, Daddy? I'm doing great. I'm glad I can still say you're with me today. Amen. Me too. I woke up, so God's not through with me yet. I know. I, I beat you to the studio today, and I was kind of concerned because that normally doesn't happen. So I called him. I said, hey, man, you dead over there or what? But glad you're here, Dad. Glad and, uh, of course, my best, one of my best friends, Jeremy Griffin. Hello. How you doing, Jeremy? I'm well. All right. Jeremy is um, <clears throat> the uh, leader of the stream grace network and um so i want us to i've got a couple things i want to talk about today and then we'll just kind of see where it goes but jeremy give everybody a little bit of a snapshot in how stream grace came to be how we're here today oh uh god (laughs) (laughs) oh wait i should have said it more like this god God. (laughs) that was in time and in unison it's good um well it's funny it's it really it started january 2019 with god saying pretty clearly to me in the middle of leading worship i want you to plant a church well the stream grace network isn't necessarily that Mm -hmm. um but that is where it started and so as he began to unfold what that looked like um one of the big things was to utilize multiple speakers um and to have a very strong focus on digital um and connecting with people beyond just the four walls of the church you know we say that a lot right um but it's hard for it well it's not hard but uh, we have to say to people in our church, we got to think outside the church walls because that's where we're gathered are mm-hmm. in the church walls. But when you have a digital space, there are no church walls. Right. So anyway, um, so that was kind of as it was unfolding in 2019 and the vision kept, kept becoming more clear. Uh, that's what it was happening. And th- there was this phrase that came up um, every time I would talk about multiple speakers uh, with any person I would say you know not everybody is called to pastor a church or lead a church and I would say that and so that was kind of the heart behind multiple speakers not everybody's called to pastor a church and as I began to really um, open my guts to that word that was coming out of me naturally because of what the Holy Spirit was saying I started really understanding that um, even in the church context getting people to speak um is probably going to be pretty limiting because they feel like, oh, if I'm not a pastor, I'm mm-hmm. not qualified to speak. And so really uh, through that whole year, there was some development um, off and on. I was working full-time at a, at a church at the time. So it was, um, you know, I still had that going on. And so um, I took a sabbatical uh, beginning of 2020 before we knew about this pandemic trashing the world. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in fact, I came back from my sabbatical one day before the world shut down in March. Whoa. <laughs> so it was like, oh, all right. So the first half of 2020, I was basically in my house anyway. Um, anyway, so so in that sabbatical, um, I really begin to, the actual podcasting network became a lot more evident and clear. And then when the the pandemic hit in a way that kind of shut us all down. I thought, Oh my gosh, this is so timely. And I thought, you know, it's so interesting that it be, it birthed a year before any of that even Mm -hmm. happened. So, um, that's pretty much how it came to be. And then, you know, the church plant part of it that started in 2019, um, is finally come full circle and we'll be launching yep. that digital church uh march 25th so and the name of that is redux church and if somebody wants to uh, get in on the ground floor of an experiment um which is all ministry really is if you oh, yeah. in one sense the lab i man. mean it is a lab <laughs> and um the requirements are pretty um pretty simple to get into the lab oh totally. hear god do what he says and don't be afraid to mess up right yeah you know and um go for things so if somebody wanted to find out more about redux church um us at new life are glad to be a part of that yeah and um 
But if you if people want to find out more about what what's about that to is, happen, where can they go and get that info? You can go to redux.church online. Uh, HTTP colon slash slash redux.church. And and really, um, I mean, it's 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 a virtual church. So the one thing that's a little different than most churches uh, who have online services, for example, mm-hmm. we will not be streaming live our quote unquote services mm-hmm. and our services will be compartmentalized. So our worship will be one video. Mm-hmm. The message will be one video. And so you consume them at your leisure. Right. We'll launch new uh, services every Friday morning. And so going into a weekend, you have that. We look at our work week or our week starting in on a Friday. So Friday morning it starts and that gives people time because there's all sorts of connectivity that will happen beyond that in the course of the week. And that co- connectivity is built around the content that is distributed on Friday. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll do that. And the only time we live stream, currently the only plan to live stream is we will live stream um, a prayer time on Saturday mornings and people can log in and, and, um, be prayed for and submit prayer requests all mm-hmm. live and in the moment. Um, of course that'll be recorded too. Yep. But, um, yeah. So redux.church and, uh, that's kind of the hub for connectivity. So not kind of, it absolutely it is. is. <laughs> um, and we'll also use an app called band that we've talked about before. Um, that's where there's a lot more interactivity, right. but the, the doorway to getting connected with all those things, the resources are all found at redux.church. So I encourage uh, you to check that out. Why the name redux? Redux means, uh, brought back to life. Okay. And so, um, in thinking about, for me, what, what I saw with the virtual church is a reimagination of the church that was seen in Acts, mm-hmm. um, which was far more interactive than our Western church culture, culture has evolved into. Um, our Western church culture has evolved into an event-based right. gathering. And so I wanted to get away from that. So one of, the, one of the statements that came out of a conversation not long ago is that I want people to gather around the content, not or unify around the content, not unify around when the content's distributed. Mm. And that's really what typically has happened. And there's always exceptions to this, right? So I'm just talking in generalities, but um, everyone thinks in turn, like one of our frequently asked questions is, will you have services on Sunday only or other days of the week? And the first answer is we won't have services on Sunday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but that just goes to show sure. that predisposition. Yeah. Um, and so that, that term redux was just that I want to revive that New Testament, not New Testament church per se, but that early church, mm-hmm. which is the New Testament church, but um, that early mindset of gathering together. And it is, you know, this isn't never, this hasn't been directly asked about, you know, how is this different from a home church, but it's radically different <laughs> from a home church, which is what people often point to, right? When right. they think, of, but, but so many of those home churches really are church plants that are starting from scratch mm-hmm. because their mentality is to grow beyond that. Right. You know, even if the person who's starting it doesn't think that the people who go there, you know, that one of the, cause I've been in several of them. And one of the early questions is always, um, so we need to probably think about getting a building. When are we getting a building? Right. And as soon as you hear that, well, really you're just doing another mm-hmm. church. And if that's what God's called you to do, great. You know, I'm not going to, but, but saying it's a home church, a home church is designed. The idea there would be, we're going to fellowship with each other on the regular right. and, and encourage each other. And that really is, I mean, what is church, right? It's mm-hmm. the body of Christ. It's that's us. Right. right. And so anytime we're gathered in his name, anytime we're connected, <clears throat> Um, we are the church. And so right. um, that also, you know, that's had its own sure. meaning. So that's sure. really the heart behind that word redux is, uh, which by the way, is another frequently asked question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought, was, I, I thought it was kind of interesting um, because we've been friends for a while now and uh, been talking around this idea from different vantage points. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, what I think is interesting is is the type of people that, if we're not careful, kind of become get drawn out of the woodworks, are uh, and they they I think they get the wrong idea um, oh, sure. that this is because there's an angst in you against <laughs> quote church yeah. when really I think God's doing this to the church all across the board. Yeah. If you are like new life by the way new life and redux they kind of have a similar meaning right anyway um so <laughs> really do. when when you're if you're starting from a 
you know, a, a brick and mortar mm-hmm. type structure um, like New Life Church, where we're trying to f- to help move th- that away from everything happening at a space and and getting people that are used to that environment to understand you can connect beyond elsewhere that. and mm-hmm. beyond that. And that really is where we're trying to, to, to go with this. But then you, you take Redux and it's the opposite. It's like trying to get people to just connect in a different way and realize God is the same wherever you are. The point is getting people knitted into your life. Mm-hmm. And that is where I think maybe the model that I've grown up with, that we've grown up with, um, maybe has 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 failed in some ways because i think we've done a lot more puzzle piecing Mm. instead of a lot of knitting yeah you know i look around just the three of us probably and this is shooting off the the cuff here but i'm thinking that we're just shy of a hundred years of ministry experience between the three of us one of the things that that brings is some good cross-section of consistency and patterns right Mm -hmm. And, and uh, you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the typical reality is a healthy church, what's considered a healthy church in America, 20% of their people would be engaged. Right. Because on average, 80% come, they eat, they leave, as mm-hmm. we learned in Bugs Life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they come, they eat, they leave, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's no connectivity in that. And uh, to your point, you know, we we attack problems differently because we're wired differently. So um, I, I worked with a really great dude um, back in the early 2000s, and um, he really was an out-of-the-box thinker, and I really appreciated that about him. Um, but really, it, it fit me well because, anyway, long story. One of the things he said to me, um, because he, he ended up kind of turning away from his faith, mm. and uh, I we had, you know, lost touch for a little while. And, and he, uh, I reached out to him one day to have coffee and I said, Hey, I want to ask your opinion about some things. And he said, you know, I'm not really a Christian anymore. Uh, so I don't know if you still want my opinion, which kind of threw me. And I said, well, no, I'm still curious, (laughs) but anyway, so we, we got together and we, we visited and, and a few, uh, months later he, you know, we got together again and he said, you know, you're the only person from Christendom my former life, as he put it, that I still connect with. And he said, and here's why. He said, you looked at Christianity and the organized church, you took, you jumped, he called it a boat. He said, you jumped off the boat and you took an objective look at it. And he said, your choice to get back on the boat was not based off of religion, history, or anything else. It was an objective, calculated decision. And he said, I have a lot of respect for that. Well, for me, this is how I kind of see this church problem because I, I do think that's a problem. If 20% of our people are connecting, then then that means 80% aren't. It doesn't, and I'm not talking about salvation at all. It's so funny right. because so many people speak in those terms of black and white. I'm talking about living life fully. Exactly. And, and having the activity of the Holy Spirit being prominent in your life, right? And so I look at it and say, okay, for us to change the church culture in the mind of people, it's easier to erase it completely. Like all of the things that people gravitate to, we don't even offer. Right. So now you have to get down to the question, you know, when someone says, well, what do you do about this? I say, well, tell me why we do that. Mm -hmm. You know, um, even just this, the fact of gathering together is a often a myth, right? Unless you are engaged yourself, unless you come to a church and you say, hey, I want to connect with people, you don't. Right. But you think you've connected, and I would argue you're no more connected than the people you're connected with when you go watch a movie at a theater. Mm-hmm. So both of these, what's funny is the digital church or virtual church and the brick and mortar church both require the exact same thing. They require that a person who attends, who, who takes part to actually take part. Right. Um, it requires that the difference I think is, is that a lot of the folks, when you, when you connect through a virtual church, there is no predisposed idea that somebody's going to come and talk to you because there's no mechanism right. for that. Right. We can't see you connecting. Um, whereas if you go to a church, cause you know, we talked about this the other day, someone comes into your local church and you as a pastor, either one of you guys will walk up and say, and probably both of you guys, Hey, it's good to see you. Glad you're here. But depending on a person's disposition and mentality, um, they walk away and say, nobody talked to me. 
right? Because one, they expect more than just the pastor to do that. Or two, it didn't even register to them, Mm -hmm. right? Um, It's like, you know how people do, right? I always have this problem and I never get this. I mean, we speak in those big terms like that. Well, that begins to be what we actually think. right? So if you can eliminate that, right? If you can take that out of the equation, and so people who have been turned off, to, I, no question, people who have been turned off by the local church are prime candidates to want to connect at least and see what's going on with Redux Church because it's sure. different. Um, so if you look at those kind of folks, their predisposition doesn't, it can't even exist. They don't even know what to expect. Right. They expect to hear some biblical teaching, which that expectation will be met. Um, after that, I think they're right. trying to figure it out. I think the pro, I think the way that I would, kind of express what you're saying um is i i don't think the form is the issue uh yeah i agree the person is the issue and in either form in either way in whichever kind of fish there are fish right that are going to gravitate to a more of a brick and mortar kind of thing absolutely then you've got fish that are going to gravitate more to the virtual in both instances it is incumbent upon the person right to want to connect and i think that what we've got to really deal with is in the west we're isolationists we've become a very isolated insulated society and so um the willingness to do the hard work Mm -hmm. of building relationships and connecting beyond just the surface level it that is really going against the grain of our culture um i was thinking we were talking yesterday afternoon and i was driving home um after lunch and was just thinking about a few things and this thought came to my mind i literally was going to call you and then i thought now i'm going to text him and then i thought that sounds cheesy i'm not texting (laughs) that but man i can't get away from it um again i'm using the idea of what I've grown up with and what most of us in the church have grown up, the idea of connection is like a puzzle piece. If you think of a puzzle, it fits snugly, but it's not permanently attached. It's easily removed. Sure. Yeah. Okay. But when you stitch something together, that's hard to pull apart. Mm -hmm. And yet that's really what the early church had. They had the stitching. Well, what also did they have that we don't have? Well, foxholes. Hmm they had to stitch together because of the pressure and the environment that they were living under. And I got to thinking, man, I'm glad Jeremy's in my foxhole. (laughs) Then I thought, I'm glad I'm in Jeremy's foxhole. Yeah. Who gets to determine whose foxhole it is? Well, right. It, <laughs> you know, it doesn't it's matter. It's the foxhole. It's the right? foxhole. Yeah. And I think that's kind of where where God may God perhaps in his masterful chess moving Mm -hmm. is positioning us in the west with mounting pressures from economic pressures world pressures governmental pressures man we we better have a foxhole to get into and when you're in that kind of a situation you don't want a puzzle piece right you want to be stitched to somebody i think the problem is uh the term that came to my mind is that we have been culturally compelled to go to church right? We aren't drawn as a nation. We are not drawn in our guts to something that's higher. And so I go seek God in Mm -hmm. this way. We are culturally compelled because it is part of the American American culture. culture. And, and so there's a, as we see as generations go, there's a rejection of traditional culture. That's, that's the default in the United States. It's not true of every nation, but in the United States, it is, there's a rejection of that. And so we tend to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Um, I think it's to reject something for no other reason than than straight up rebellion or because it's because it's tradition is just dumb. I mean, uh, there's value in it. So trying to take, you know, I, I would encourage everybody take an objective look at whatever you have angst with and then think, oh, well, I guess there's no real problem. <laughs> or here is my problem, because that's really the thing, right? You got to get down to why you have a problem with it. And so again, you know, I I like to tell people if you have 5000 people, maybe 300 of them are going to be wired to be a part of a virtual church. We're serving that community because mm-hmm. those who aren't or those those folks are underserved. Um if if served at all, right? And so um so that's really the heart of that. 
So it, it's going to be attacking and meeting the needs differently, yep. um, but while keeping the same core value, you know. Totally. And that's why I'm glad that that uh, in many ways we're doing this uh, together. You're a part of what we're doing at New Life. I'm a, oh, Dad yeah. and I are, are going to be a part of, of Redux because at the end of the day, um, the pandemic really shifted some things in me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think I said it a few weeks ago from the stage, um, maybe even recently, that um, the whole term church growth has forever changed for me. Yeah. I mean, when I was, I've been, I've been cloned to that thing, that success, you know, you start in a house and then you want a building. Well, mm-hmm. what does that say? You're growing in numbers. That's right. success. You know what, man, there are way too many Christians that, f- that, that fell out during the pandemic because they got punched mm-hmm. and they had no stamina to stand. Mm-hmm. And so what good is it to have, to make our goal at being, how many people can I garner in a place? I'm not saying there's anything necessarily wrong with that. Um, I mean, come on, we fill stadiums to watch football games and go to concerts and whatever. But that doesn't mean that that um, that's that's the success rate. Um, even filling stadiums, yeah, you know, here in Oklahoma, OU football that's a big deal. But do you know what happens as soon as OU posts a couple of losing seasons? Mm-hmm. Boom. Right. The stands aren't as oh, full. Oh, it's fickle, man. You know, and that's just how we're wired. I think we've got to deal with that within ourselves and realize that there is, there really is coming a day mm-hmm. where who you're in that foxhole with is going to determine everything. Yeah. And uh, then you're going to find out what you believe. Well, this is a, the, you know, I, we talked, we started this conversation with SGN mm-hmm. and it is an absolute integral part of this because you know when you and i first started talking we connected uh i think it was 2019 or 2020 2020 um because you guys were wanting to upgrade your live Mm -hmm. streaming process and and so we started visiting one of the things that came out is you and i shared this vision for a specific Mm -hmm. digital church concept and and you're really ultimately i think the picture is basically the same the the execution might be different but the picture is the same and that is specifically designed for people online so it's not just seeing the service live at a church and so that really is some a place where we connected and so my hope is that you know how many pastors can't just go do this right? right there's they have boards to answer to they have people who are going to be naysayers like what are you doing the holy spirit can't be in that right <laughs> whatever the thing is well cool you don't all right let us do it okay right. redux church is going to launch there's none of that mm-hmm. uh, we have to deal with because we're from scratch right you're not a starting up from a brick and mortar mm-hmm but what we're able to do is then become a one of probably many working models of how that can overlay with your church because ultimately and this is what sgn does so sgn is financing the launch of this church now now it needs to become self-sufficient at some point but that's the other thing the cost is so low comparably Mm -hmm. um so that's good the cost of operation is low and i think that's a healthy place to be as well um but sgn is able to do that service for other churches to where if you want to create a digital space for your church that is a complete specific digital space Mm -hmm. so you have your brick and mortar because here's the thing a great example how many churches have more than one service right there's a ton of them because space is limited right so they have two services i worked at a church that had two services for years and we had a thing annually it was the church picnic and I was never more amazed than to realize the reality that we had two congregations, right? You'd have, we, I remember one specific story. We got together and there were cousins that went to the same church and had been going to the same church for years and didn't know it until they went to the church picnic because right. one went to first service, one went to second service and never the twain shall meet. <laughs> yeah. And so by that same token, right? You, you have two congregations there. Yeah. Well, there is no difference between an online congregation and a second service or a third service or fourth service. Totally. And so it's moving from, it used to be, I am sick, I've missed church, but I don't have to miss church. That's why we live stream. Or I'm on vacation, I don't want to miss church, so we live stream. It's way beyond that now. It is a alternative consumption method. And so if we can minister to that group directly, because right now for most churches, 
they are getting a voyeuristic view of what's happening. They And that means they're going to be missing something, right? Here, it, we're literally saying, hey, tune in and see what you're missing right. today. <laughs> Whereas... In, in in this model where it's designed for the digital consumer, they're not missing anything. This right. is for you. In fact, the people in real life won't get this unless they tune in digitally. Right. And so I think that, that being able to become that model that can be overlaid, and, and the cool thing is when I say SGN can, can set that up, I mean like a pretty low monthly cost. We just do all of it for right. you. The only thing you provide is literally the content. Right. So a typical church is going to spend uh, four hours a month at most on um, mm -hmm. preparing for, for this and right. they'll have a complete weekly service for their church. Well, I'm, um, we're excited to, uh, see this thing start going. Um, and, um, I'm looking forward to us uh, at new life branching in a little bit more into things being specifically digital. That's, that's just going to be different for people that are used to, um, a specific model, mm -hmm. but, um, I want to swivel a little bit picking up off of the pan the pandemic changed everything Yeah. so if you're listening today and you're going man what is this church new life doing mixing up with this other church called Redux well first of all there's your problem we are one church right. all united in Christ and but secondly ask yourself this question <clears throat> how long did it take you to adjust to binging an entire season of a show yeah i mean do you remember the day waiting week to when week when you had to wait week to week oh man that was brutal and i and now you've even got shows like you did that with mash didn't you <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah mash, on its, on its uh, original the, air the original <laughs> truly uh genuine star trek no, oh, i was gonna yeah. say star Captain trek would have been hurt there we yeah. go the way it really was supposed to be <laughs> and how and then how odd it feels now with disney plus doing weekly shows right i won't even do it it's just weird it's like i want to wait until the whole thing yeah. is up there and then i'll go watch it all so that's the same idea now even behind um why the church getting into the virtual space with that mindset yeah and breaking down this idea that everything's got to be um live and and um, i think live has its advantages but oh, live sure. has its disadvantages and so um and there there's a place for it i think you have to be you have to really think about why we're doing it this way and then you like for example when we'll be live streaming prayer there's a reason we're exactly. live streaming it yeah. right so people right now can pray with us right now can ask for prayer about something specific mm -hmm. um but you're you're exactly right i mean uh, I don't know. The funny thing, even, you know, back to the, the, the binging concept, you know, we, we will be stockpiling our content, mm -hmm. right? So someone jumping in with us on March 25th, will have two videos to watch. Right. Um, and then one will release every week. But if you jump in with us a year from now, you'll have it's a year's worth of content and it'll be isolated into, to the things you want to go. You feel led to specifically to go consume. Right. Um, and then you can, you know, and that's true of any church, right? You can go back and listen, but but the way it's designed and built and the partnership, you, you know, mm -hmm. you can on, on the redux.church website, we have a, a link called podcast. Well, so many of our contributors, we have six or seven, I don't remember the number in my mind always changes, but guys who are, um, of the five or six or seven, however many we have of them, five people, and these are the regular contributors. I mean, um, five of them either are currently pastoring or have pastored a church. Mm -hmm. In fact, I think two or three are currently pastoring. And so when you look at that, and again, these are the regular guys. That, so people, at least one of these people will be on the camera when we have a, a, a service. So you have this connect. Let's say you connect like you're one of them, Johnny. If, if someone connects with you, your podcast is right there. Right. They can connect with you on a, on a broader regular, stroke. Right. Um, and so we have, I think, six different podcasts that a person can connect with, and they're all updated and regular. Right. And so there's so much more content to consume. And this is really what the, the goal of the Stringgrace Network was. You know, we launched in September of 2020, I think. Yeah. 2020. I don't know. <laughs> September. Yeah, that's right. And uh, our goal, I wanted to launch with an hour of content per day. And we actually launched with um, seven hours of content. 
No, I'm sorry, per week, per week. Now our content numbers are, I don't even know yeah. what they are. I don't track it, but there's a lot. Well, when you look at how the pandemic changed things, um, let's talk about at the time of this recording, um, which <laughs> I'm still wrapping my brain around. That's one of the shifts I've got to make when we think about broadcasting things. We've got to be careful of dating it. Sure. But I'm dating this one. We've, we've, we are on the cusps. I mean, it's there mm-hmm. of a third world war with what's going on over in Ukraine with Russia invading them. And, and you've got the hypocrisy of the largest nations of the world now being exposed where they're sanctioning Russia in one way while they're still working with them on the backside. And Mm so we're trading with a country that is slaughtering their neighbors and no one is, is really doing anything about it. Um, and that little country, I mean, not little, but compared to the size of Russia and the, the size of their military is holding out, you know, at least for a while. Um, there is a president of the Ukrainian Baptist Theological Seminary who put this statement out on social media. He said, the church will go underground. In other words, it's going to go into a foxhole. The church will go underground. We had it under the Soviet Union. The church did not forget what it means to be persecuted. We will rearrange, reorganize, and do what we always do, preach the gospel. Redux, where where New Life is trying to get to, I think God is moving a lot of other people into this idea of, man, this could happen here. Sure. What, are we ready for the next pandemic? Are we ready for the next thing? How do we preach the gospel mm-hmm. in that kind of environment? Man, I'm going to tell you something. This is something that's been on the forefront of my mind since the day we launched. And and it lives in the world, the most simple and most fundamental censorship. All right, mm-hmm. We've seen lots of censorship. And I, you know, I remember back, uh, I think it was President Bush did a, uh, a put a, um, uh, I don't know what you would call it, but he basically gave some stuff and connected, in my opinion, connected the church to the federal government through his policy. And most of my friends were like, amen, praise God. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, I don't want the federal government having anything to do with what I do in ministry. And and so I've always been very leery and, and not because I am a conspiracy theorist about America, but because I'm a realist about what was going on in China and is yeah, still going right. on in China, what was going on in Russia. And at it's the time, the Soviet on. Union is still going on. These are real things that are happening. And so, you know, this fairy tale land that we will never experience some of those things. I hope you're right, but we made things from the very beginning and when we saw especially with the lead up in the 2020 election and oh my gosh the absolute propaganda war on all sides we made efforts in building our infrastructure from the ground up to limit the ability of censorship across the board at the string grace network which everything lives in that realm while we do currently use third parties um, apps and, and even servers for some things we have a plan and the ability to flip the switch and run everything on our own servers. Right. And so the we we actually when I say our own servers, I mean our own physical computers connected to a network right. that the only way we can be shut down is through the destruction of said servers <laughs> or an, an internet service provider on the consumer's end blocking certain IP addresses. And even then we have some strategies. And so we, one of our owners is a chief cloud architect for one of the largest employment firms in the world. And so he's like the guy when it comes to uh, cloud architecture in that world. So he's one of our owners, right? And that was one of the things that was really awesome how God brought him into that process because he, he can, he has all of the information, knowledge and know how to execute. Um, so, you know, I think that's going to be crucial. And when everyone else is getting shut down, we'll be sandboxed and be right. able to have access. Now there's, there is no surefire way. I mean, you know, they want to shut you down, they'll shut you down, but sure. we will be, I believe that our network uh, and those who are connected with their network will remain the longest as yeah. we are currently lined out. Dad, we've been monopolizing today. <laughs> I'm just listening. Um, what <clears throat> one other quote I wanted to share today. Um, this is from Eugene Patterson. And then dad, I want you to talk about what you're hearing Peterson. today. 
did I say Patterson? Yeah. Yeah, it, it, he's another guy. <laughs> yeah, he's an author. I just wanted to be very clear. Yeah, yeah, Eugene Peterson. Um, if you don't know who he is, he is the guy behind the tr- the um, Message. Um, the paraphrase version of the Bible, which is not a translation, folks. Um, the paraphrase version of the Message. He's a wonderful teacher, um, great guy, and I enjoy the Message. But this quote is fantastic. This is from 2018. What the secular church has done to love, or sorry, what the secular culture has done to love by romanticizing it into fornication in the practice of adultery. The church has done by promoting ways of worship calculated to appeal to consumers' tastes in which love is redefined as, oh, I like that, or I have that, or negatively as, I don't get it. I didn't get anything out of that. That's kind of a bad state (laughs) when we have really bought into that. And whether it is um, at a brick and mortar place or, or as we venture into the virtual space, I think God is just radically trying to get the church back to the simplicity of you love me, live your life for me, do whatever I ask you to do and leave the rest of it all up to me and quit worrying about whether you like something or not mm. as being the, the barometer of something being of God. Well, if I like it, then God likes it. Yeah. Well, that's just completely wrong. What, what do you think, Pop, about what you've been hearing today? <laughs> Honestly, I, I'm going back to, I think it's in Jeremiah. He makes a comment in simple terms. You have to tear down in order to build up. Mm-hmm. I think what we sometimes overlook in all of this uh, equation, this cultural upheaval and all this happening, even through the COVID pandemic and whatever, is God's involvement in it. What is he really after? He's after the heart of people, each person. He's after each person. He wants to save us from ourselves, if you will. Um, and I say that to say um, we, we are so cloned. We're born into a, into a world, a culture, even in the church, that we just accept carte blanche without even thinking about it yeah. and think that's what it is. Uh, we think that uh, Christianity is a Western religion. It, it, it yeah. was born in America. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We own it. <laughs> yeah, we own it. And, and, and so as a result, unless, as Jeremy was talking about, he sort of stepped back and objectively looked. Until you do that, you really have no substance. You're just following the Pied Piper. Mm-hmm. And so what we've done in the church, we've created a bureaucracy, much like a federal government bureaucracy. We just have to keep feeding the monster. And we're more interested in nickels and noses and buildings and structures and than we are in the individual human heart. Because when you go back to the true biblical church, was a family together yep. in God. It wasn't even people, it was families. And one family affected other families. They met in the homes, the families gathered. Um, and to me, that has to be a, a, a recreation, a renewal. To where if we were in Ukraine today, we're going to be struggling. I don't know how the American church could function in, 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 in the totality of what we call church in our structure if we were in Ukraine today. If we didn't have that underpinning, they know what it is to go underground because they used to be under Russia control. Then they had freedom. Now they're going to probably go back there because yeah. nobody's going to stop Russia. Uh, but they have a default to go to. They know how to do that. Mm-hmm. We don't know how to do that. And until we get into a, a, a structure of valuing the family and realizing that the, the, my first mission field is my family, mm-hmm. I need to bring my family together in Christ as the father and make sure they know Christ first and foremostly and have an experience with him that transforms their heart, then begin to look outside of my family to other friends I can connect with, whatever. But if I bypass my family, I bypass the very root structure of what this is all about. Because in the New Testament church, it was Israel was made up of tribes, but the tribes were families, and each family was responsible to teach their children in the ways of the Lord, right? We've abdicated that to a system we call Sunday school or church or whatever. Right. And so we've disengaged. And I thought it was interesting what Jeremy said earlier. I thought there's something missing here. 
if you can be cousins, you can be related, and you don't even know where you're going to church. That means where's where's church in the conversation? Right. Where where's my right. concern about your spiritual walk in the conversation right. that nobody would even ask? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because we've abdicated that. We don't even think in those terms now. We're we're more what the Bible would call soulish mm-hmm. rather than the spiritual. We're more concerned about our natural existence it's, rather than yeah, our internal uh, life, and it's our internal life that's going to live forever not our physical life. Mm-hmm. And yet everything that we talk about, even in church structures, buildings and all this, it's all it's external. All, yeah. Mm. You know, rather than I'm the building, you're the building together. We're living stones. We're connected together because of Christ, not because we attend a particular structure called a building on a particular corner at a particular time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I know I'm talking about the bedrock issue here, which is not easy to get back to because you have to tear down everything yep. in order to rebuild it. And technically, that's what salvation is. We have to humble ourselves and mm-hmm. and die to ourselves in order for Him to give life to us. If that doesn't happen to me as a father, I'm not going to bring that to my family. How can I? Because I don't even know what that is. So we've got this whole conglomerate here of a sort of a this this kaleidoscope of church that has many varying parts to it. But to me, we're missing the the most as, uh, uh, essential part, and that is it's me connecting with my wife and my children, first and foremostly, coming to know Christ. I was just thinking, Jeremy, in the context of Redux, uh, you know, what, what, would, what would be a glorious concept, at least in the simple terms of my thinking, is that, uh, say, my household connects, logs in, whatever, however we're going to connect with Redux, mm-hmm. and we gather our family around together Hello. to participate in exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> not, it's not just me with my headphones right. on out jogging. Right. right. And that's okay for me. But what about my wife? Right. What about my children? But that's where you're talking about the getting down to the individual isolationist concept that we have right now in America. That's really what we've got to got to go against. And, and and to me, there's the overlay, in my opinion, of what God is doing. Mm-hmm. We see it before our eyes in the Ukraine right now. The structure is being torn down by bombs and war. Yeah. But the essence of it is the people together, heart to heart, that they can't get to. I think of Valvano, you know, Valvano, who said, "You may touch cancer, may touch my body, but it'll never touch my spirit." Boy, if we don't think in those terms, we're really missing it because we're spirit beings more than anything else. And uh, so I say all that to say that until until we deconstruct what quote church is and it's not going to a building on a sunday morning like we're raised it's it's me in relationship with christ first of all and then my responsibility to oversee that in my family then we're going it doesn't matter what we offer it's going to end up the same it's just going to be an extension of something else it's not going to be integrated to where we're really connecting heart to heart faith to faith and we're and then i'm making certain that those under my realm of authority as a father are being brought to the knowledge of Christ because the ultimate is not where they grow up to be a doctor and make a lot of money. I don't know how much money you make as a doctor these days, but anyway, <laughs> the ultimate is what about their internal soul? Mm-hmm. We don't think in terms of eternity enough. We don't think in terms of the soul and spirit and the extension of our life beyond this physical time on earth. We just think this is all there is. And so we invest everything, put all our eggs in this basket and then to end up what do we really have in the end. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm just feeling all that right now that I think until we get back to taking personal responsibility, I made a statement yesterday in the class I'm teaching on Sunday morning about strength to stand. Uh, the, the, the greatest missing ingredient, I think, in our culture today is responsibility. Yeah. Nobody wants to take responsibility. They want to pass the buck, blame somebody else. When my life is, is, tor- is being torn down, it's not my fault. Right. It's mom and dads who, you know, it's, it's somebody else. It's the president. It's, you know, it's me because I have the ultimate authority over this earth, over this body, over me, and my choices determine everything. And when you're blaming someone else, you expect that someone else to fix your problem as yeah, well. Yeah, but technically you can put a Band-Aid on a hemorrhage, right. but it ain't going to fix it. That's right. You got to go internal. And so anyway, uh, somewhere we've got to rediscover individual responsibility. Yeah, and that that applies to the whole spiritual aspect of our existence. Not just I've got, I'm responsible to put f- food on the table and a house to live in and clothes on my on my family. Yeah, but it goes deeper than that. I'm responsible for their eternal soul, in the sense that I'm the bishop of my family. I'm the overseer, and to the degree that God holds me accountable 
to at least bring them to the knowledge of Christ, then it's their choice. But right. I've got to get them there. That's right. And until we accept that, uh, we're abdicating it. And there's a great big hole in the middle of our very existence yeah. that is very susceptible to anything coming and blowing the structure apart, right? Mm -hmm. But if we have him in our heart, they they can't take him out of us. And that's what they're saying in the Ukraine. We go underground, no matter. We're going to still continue, and we're going to declare Christ because that's who we are. And America doesn't know that yet because, thank God, we haven't had bombs hit our nation in that regard other than 9-11 thing. But, but God has given us uh, warnings, you know, and I think the pandemic is a warning to step back and look and what's really important here. Right. And so, anyway, that's where I'm coming from. Looking at what is going on again, I know I'm breaking the rules of dating. Um, but looking at, I want you guys to take a minute, looking at what is happening in Ukraine as far as how the Ukrainians are responding when faced with a larger enemy that, I mean, it's a matter of time. Sure. The, the result, the end, um, has sadly probably already been written especially when you have other nations of the world just standing on the sidelines you know and watching this happen yet those people are fighting mm -hmm. um you know the images of the of the government arming their citizens handing out guns to everybody you know, that'll take in no concern at all do you even know how to fire it if you don't we'll show you the basics hey know? let me tell you that right that alone handing the guns out to their citizens may absolutely be the thing that keeps them in their own independence mm -hmm. i mean honestly because mm -hmm. that becomes a, a massive army and unless russia wants to take those casualties and you know they may be willing to do it but i'm just saying I, I, that's that can't be overstated how important that is so let's take that and what do you guys um, and those of you that are listening i would i would encourage you to just pause for a minute and think about those images and and uh, ask the holy spirit what might you be telling us about the future of the church you know uh, what can we learn from the guts of the ukrainians that would apply to the church as times we've been talking about end times back and forth you know the last several sure. weeks as things continue to get harder and harder and harder and harder how does the church need to respond in some of those ways? What can we draw from that? What do you think? Well, I think so much of what your dad just said is is crucial to that. And I was reminded, uh, I took the sabbatical in 2010, and, and uh, I had been in ministry at that point about 15 years. And um, I remember sitting at my piano, singing songs and worshiping God, and he said, this is what I want. <laughs> yeah. He just said, "This, this is the Jeremy that I, I miss." Yeah. Because when I was seventeen years old, that's what I used to do. I wasn't in ministry. I didn't have any motivation, any metrics to meet, any expectations. Right. Well, from that day forward, I began to worship unapologetically. Right? I, I mean, you guys know this well. I'm not going to come in and meet a standard that's given to me. I'm going to be right. me, and if it fits the standard, great. <laughs> but understanding that for me, I, I begin to relentlessly pursue a deeper more intimate relationship with God. And I don't have to explain to anyone right. where that may take me. That confidence in that, because what I learned that day, I never felt more approved of than when God said, this is what I want. That, that simple statement filled me with joy because I was pleasing God. Not because I felt like I owed him something, but because I love God it's a good thing. It feels good to please him, right? And so that in and of itself moves us to this one place of hearing his voice and following him. When we have the courage to do that in the little things, then we begin to have the courage to do that in the bigger things. And that to me is what saves the the individual right because we speak in terms really broad stroke all the time but it is an individual personal thing and no matter i can stand right next to john yule and his faith can be super strong and that does nothing right for me mm -hmm. <laughs> i mean when i say it's, it's a testimony sure. it's a witness but it, it is not my proxy there is one mediator between man and god and his name is jesus so my relationship with jesus is paramount mm -hmm. And that is, that is my doorway, my pathway to God. And so that relentless pursuit, um, we sing songs all the time about how God is relentlessly pursuing us. And 
Mm-hmm. I, it's a two-way street, right? So I think, and you know, and I don't, be. I don't, I don't know if this is doctrinally sound. I know this is Jeremy, right? So I'm pursuing him as he pursues me. That's that's a relationship, right? It's not one way. And to me, that's that's the thing. If if we can learn that, man, all of a sudden the crap around us just becomes irrelevant. Let me tell you why that's not true for so many people. And again, Satan is called an angel of light, which means he presents something false. We are not the center of what God is doing. (laughs) No. If that was true, Jesus would not have consistently gathered a crowd, but he gathered them for a purpose so that eventually he would say, come and follow me. And then suddenly you find out Mm -hmm. who's going to pursue him. And we've developed a, um, a bad habit in the Western church of thinking that we are the center of the whole thing, that it's all, I come so that, that God can bless me and God can love me. He's, he cannot bless us more than by guaranteeing our eternal salvation in heaven. From this point on, it's about pursuing him. Lord, what do you want me to do? How do I fit into your plan? Not how do I make you fit into mine? Well, the line you said from Eugene Peterson about, I didn't get anything out of that. Mm -hmm. Okay. That line, uh, cool, good. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. it's, how it, it's how it yeah. belongs, right? Yeah. My worship to God is not about receiving. Mm-hmm. It's giving. Yeah. And and I, I am blown away when people are so focused in worship on how they feel. Right. Yeah. And and I say blown away. I mean, I hurt for them. I, I try very gently at first, probably. I don't know. Maybe I get really mean later. But I try <laughs> to redirect them and, and help them understand worship is not for you. Right. When yeah. you start telling me about different songs, you guys know this. I don't care what song we sing. Right. I don't even pick the songs half the time because yeah. I don't care. That's not my worship. Right. Pick a stinking song, even if it's doctrinally untrue. I can worship because that is not what I say with my words is not worship. That's just a, a statement I'm making. Now, I prefer that to be doctrinally accurate, but but that's the whole point. Worship is when I'm giving to God. Yeah. And that's where it all begins. When I'm giving that to God, I'm not looking to receive. All of a sudden, we realize this is a really great. It's what it becomes is what we've been looking for in the natural forever, and that is perpetual energy. Mm-hmm. We are looking for fusion, right? Cold fusion. This idea mm-hmm. that we will get more out of what we, mm-hmm. we'll give X amount, and we'll get more, more in return. That is spiritually what happens mm-hmm. in worship. That's true. But you're not doing it to get because the minute you're doing it to get you're actually not giving right you're taking exactly and so that if you want that perpetuity you have to give in that perpetuity and that's that's how all of life exists our yeah. spiritual life is that and it, I, man obviously i'm passionate about that but <laughs> <laughs> what do you what do you think dad when you look at what's happening in ukraine how do you well, what might you pull from that as far as for the church in the future as things continue to ratchet up in intensity well i i think if we would be uh, uh integrous and have a sense of integrity to truth uh the lord is giving us a, a a forewarning i guess you could say regardless of what nation you live in on this earth uh, we can go ahead and and break things down and construct things properly before an actual bomb hits mm-hmm. we don't have to go there uh to be sort of have it forced you know the lord commanded the the first century church go into all the world proclaim the gospel well they stayed in jerusalem until persecution came that drove them out and then they fulfilled that i don't want to wait till i'm persecuted although i have to be willing to accept it if it comes but i won't accept it if it comes unless i've established that as a rule of my life and a structure part of my life that uh, i'm called to a cross i'm called to suffer i'm called to give myself up for somebody else as a father you know i, I was just thinking again you know, I can consume podcasting myself, jogging around a track, listening right. to it. But Jesus said, go and tell others. That's the commission. Don't just consume it yourself. Get fat on the gospel yourself. Go and tell others. So if I hear something, I say, hey, come here, family. I want us to listen to this. Or if we can tune in to some live context, let's make that a point. I remember just, I'm throwing a lot of things out, but I remember back in, in, in our early formation in pastoral ministry in our family when we had Monday nights was our family council mm-hmm. time. We turned the TV off. 
I because those. you had touched my heart one one day and saying, "Dad, you don't you're spending all your time at church. You don't have any time to throw even throw a football with me," and that really pierced my heart to realize, man, I got this all out of out of whack. And we said, "Okay, Monday night is our family night," and it was primarily just open our heart and be honest and tell yeah. the brutal truth of what we're feeling and experiencing. And, I remember and, those. And, and there, there, it wasn't punitive. It wasn't condemning. I'm just being honest. So we could look at it and say, okay, Lord, show us how we can reconstruct this in a positive way where our family becomes a nucleus of life uh, and help and, and, and such. Uh, and I think somewhere along the line, somebody has to get a hold of that in the context of themselves, first of all, but more importantly, if you have a family, uh, to where we begin to structure this life force flowing in relationship within our own the walls of our own house before we can ever expect it in the walls of a church. Because really all a church gathering is is families coming together. And whatever condition they're in, they bring it into the construct, construct of the church building. And so we know basically by what we see at church is the way it is in the home. And what's the basic bedrock of our culture, a family together in Christ, in freedom and liberty, right? So what are they doing? They're trying to kill our kids. They're trying to separate mother and father from from uh, through divorce, I, I saw a sign. You know, if you're married, we'll give you. If you don't have any children, we'll divorce you for 150 bucks. Yeah, I've if seen you got that. some children, it Jeez. costs 350, right? I think, my God, you understand what I'm That's saying? That's all a family is worth. Yeah, but I'm saying the culture has constructed this mindset that just we're all throwaways, right? When really that's, it just totally, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The devil yeah. does. And, of course, he's doing it uh, in, in, these, uh, in these ways through, through culture. But I'm, I'm just saying, I think in the context of Ukraine, thank God they have a default. The church knows yeah. what it is to suffer. They know how to function underground. They've been there before. You can always get to wherever you've been. Uh, and if we haven't been there yet in America, that's the, that's the concern I have. And until we in our mind see that it's actually happening subjectively to a degree in in the background to a degree in the spirit realm to a degree it's happening right now in america and those that follow the 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 conversations and those that look at culture objectively know we're in a war we're in a war you know and and so what are we going to do are we just going to let it happen and take us out and just see case or all or all what will be will be are we going to say hey first of all i'm going to prepare myself and my family to deal with whatever comes uh, and though it may touch our body, we're not going to let it touch our spirit because our spirit's yeah. totally given to God. And our eternal realm is our eternal home is with Him, not in this momentary life. Uh, so um, it, it's it's we we're just going to have to again sort of reprogram. And technically, we are handing guns out. We're giving the scriptures to people. Say, what are yeah. you going to do with this? Yeah. What are you going to do with it? And we got all kinds of Bibles laying around our house, but who knows it? Who, who has met the God of the Bible? We hear about him. We sing songs to him. But do I really know him? That integration of two becoming one. Am I really one with God? So that no matter what happens, it's me and the Lord. Um, the, the greatest transformational moment of my life was during a time of renewal. It lasted about three months. But the pivotal point was when he said, son, I have not saved you to build a church. And I was a minister. I've been a minister for 20 years at that time. I have not saved you to win somebody else to Christ, to win the world to Christ. I saved you for myself, Revelation 4.11. For my pleasure, I created. I want you. Right. I don't want what you do for me. Amen. If I have you, I can work through you. Boy, that took the burden off of me, thinking I had to perform and I had to produce. No, I just give myself to God every day. And that transformed it transformed everything in me and it shifted my whole concept and construct of what this quote church is all about it's about me and god first and foremostly and if 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 he's in me and i'm in him then there's a life flow out of me and it it functions 24 7 not just on a sunday morning in an hour or two in what we call church so i think until we get back to where we take it response individual responsibility for our own salvation working out our own salvation first we can judge others but you know jesus says don't do that because you're judging yourself really judge yourself first paul said i'll judge myself first and no man will judge me right so anyway i just think god is trying to capture our heart again he's trying to get his church back and those that'll be deconstructed if you will humble themselves and say okay lord search me look at me show me where i'm missing it and honestly acknowledge that and begin to make the adjustments to formulate that that integral relationship of life-giving essence with the Lord. 
that's where he wants all of us because that's the only thing that's going to matter in the end anyway. When I stand before him, which all of us will, I want to hear well done. Not because I built a building, because I just lived the life he gave me to live. And I cared about others, you know. So anyway. Well, guys, thank you very much. I hope this has been encouraging to you today. I know it's been encouraging to me. And um, as we get out of here, I want to leave you with one scripture. This is from Philippians chapter 4. Do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace. And we pray that you do. God bless you. Join us next time for another edition of the New Life Podcast.